And it's that time again. Boy, oh boy. Sports Panorama, Friday night. We are live. I never thought that there would be a time where I would say that Keto Kriku is actually a better sporting director than Todd Bowley. Charlie holding down stuff right here from the capital. It was Todd Bowley 0, Keto Kriku 1. Because Kurt came through with 7, 7 new additions for Ghana's Black Stars. That, of course, is where the conversation begins today. Like I said, Benjamin Nketia here. You can join us with your thoughts via text, WhatsApp, and Telegram. 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Show, of course, proudly brought to us by Access Bank and Bell Beverages. Charlie Bell have done it again. Hey, Charlie. The Bell Capo. Kapu. Bell Kapu. Kapu. Oh, Charlie. Say, with Bell Beverages, it's just one sensation after another. Say, hell, say hello to Bell Kapu, the latest addition of the Bell Beverage family, with an exciting blend of Moringa and Baobab extracts. Bell Kapu is sure to keep energy levels up with no caffeine. Bell Kapu is for everyone, kids, adults, and people sensitive to caffeine. Bell Kapu, nature's energizing taste. What's going on? Well, the guys are in here, and your cranting is here. Susu Graham is in the building. Nathan isn't um, around. Faint isn't around as well. We'll do a quick sub, and guess who is back in the building? Ah, oh, Charlie! <laughs> oh, Charlie! We did our own Don't Call Me. Oh, Charlie! Charlie, the last oh, no, hold on, hold on. International, international. Oh, the last time this guy was here, you know what he was saying? He was saying that Alexis Sanchez <laughs> was a done deal to Manchester City. <laughs> what was it grounded in? He said he was speaking with faith. <laughs> Raman Osman is back in the building. Oh, say, say hi to the people, Raman. Hello. Yes, sir. <laughs> So one of the members of the original cast of Sports Panorama is back in the building. Good to have you here, Aman. Um, these days, where do you do your reporting and your shenanigans? Um, I work on London World in London. Oh, Charlie! Thank yeah. you very much, sir. London World in London. Yeah. Sounds oh, Charlie. good. International. Sounds good. Sounds good. Charlie. Sounds good. Let's 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 get right into the mix. We'll be getting to the phone lines in a bit here. Um, I'll be I'll be talking about. Ghana's own Donkomi. Um, let me take initial thoughts on this from Daniel Cranston. Daniel, just quick thoughts. Um, Patrick Pfeiffer, uh, Stefan Ambrosius, Mohamed Salisu. Just quick thoughts on what you've made of Kurt's big day. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I'm happy because um, we all know that we needed quality. We needed quality. If you look at our run in the World Cup qualifiers, um, we used a, a, a core of players, and those core of players took us through the group stages, uh, which we qualified on top. Then we went to face Nigeria in those playoffs. In fact, in between that, we went to the AFCON, and then we went to face Nigeria in those playoffs, which was perhaps the, the brightest moment in the last year for these Black Stars, because the opening side of the, the qualifiers wasn't the best. Our performances were not 
um, too impressive. Then we went to the AFCON. It was absolutely shambolic. The worst AFCON campaign in, in our history. Finishing bottom of our group, failing to win a single game in a group that contained the likes of Comoros and Gabon. No disrespect, but come on. We are Ghana. And then you go and face Nigeria over two legs. You qualify, but still in the back of your head, you know that you still ha didn't win a game against Nigeria. And um, once you are drawn against the likes of Portugal and, and Uruguay and South Korea, you need quality. If there are players out there who are Ghanaian, who are of a certain level of quality that can go out into the world and, and match up to the best, then and if there's a possibility you can get them, then why not? So if you look at the profile of players that um, the GFA has have brought into the Black Stars or have uh, managed to convince to make themselves available to the Black Stars. You look at Nyaki Williams, his experience in the La Liga. Um, when you mention his name in the La Liga, almost everybody knows who he is. He's a household name in the Spanish La Liga, top level. He's been playing there for six, seven seasons straight, has a record for most consecutive appearances in the La Liga. Um, you look at Mohamed Salisu, whose stock is rising in the Premier League. Um, season by season, he's getting better and he's slowly becoming... Um, one of the best in the league. You look at interceptions last season, he topped it in the league. And then you look at Tariq Lamte, who's an absolute beast at right back. Um, somebody that we all know, somebody we all have gone through, have grown to respect, respect his craft as a player. And you also juxtapose that on the needs that the Black Stars have. And we all know we have a, 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 a serious problem in, in our forward areas. We don't score enough goals. We don't take enough shots. You look at six goals in the last six games, or six goals um, in six games under Otuado. That is a, a goal every, every game, meaning that, just to simplify it, if the Black Stars is not keeping a clean sheet, they are not winning a game. If you look at the averages, which is very alarming. So if you have somebody of the caliber of Nyaki Williams coming into the team, um, you are sure that he can help in that department. You look at our defense also and how um, the head coach wants to play. And you've seen him experiment in um, a three-back system mm -hmm. quite a number of times since he took over. And he can tell you that he's sort of leaning towards that system. And in that system, he's tried uh, Gideon Mensah as a left-sided centre-back. We heard Gideon Mensah himself talk about the importance of having a left-footed player play in that, in that particular position and why he was... Um, experimented in that role and sort of convinced, the manager had to convince him and let him know that it was very important to have somebody with a left foot in that position. He understood it and he, he did the job over there. But the fact is, he's not a natural. And if you have a natural in Mohamed Salih, so I've mentioned the stock, his stock is rising, the sort of yeah. um, pedigree he's coming with. Um, and you've compared that to what we have. Talking about Salisu, right? Yeah. There's a debate I want us to do on the show today. And I, I want listeners and texters to chip in on this for us. There's a divided front on Twitter, some or even social media generally. Some say that Salisu is an upgrade on every centre-back we have in the team currently. Mm -hmm. There are some people who don't believe that Salisu is an upgrade on Amate or even Ejiku. I, I, I want to know where you stand on this, and I, I want listeners to actually weigh in on this for me. Where do you stand on this particular issue? Personally, I feel the, the, the three of them have very different attributes. Mm. And if, it, if you... If you are taking it attribute by attribute, some will be better than the other. You can Overall, I, I think it will be very difficult to say he's an upgrade on every single one of them. Because I always say that I like to separate club football from national team football. We've not seen um, Salisu in a national team jersey. So we can't necessarily judge him um, based on his Black Stars performance. If you are talking about what the, the, the other two have done for the Black Stars, especially as a partnership, I think it's quite impressive what um, Amati and Jiku have done. And then centre-backs, I think 
modern days, it's more about partnerships. It's not necessarily your individual ability because you are, if you are good individually and you are not able to gel, it will, it will, it will go against the team. So, um, I think if you are, if you are, if you are looking at it more of an individual sort, um, um, point of view mm-hmm. on a club level, I think based on last season, yes, uh, in the Premier League, you rate Salisu ahead of ahead of Amati in the Premier League last season. For me, um, I think overall, if you are looking at their individual seasons overall, I think I'll put Jiku at the top, then Salisu, and then Amati. Just mm-hmm. just based on last season, but I don't think it's fair to um, pit. Salisu against Jiku and Amati in the national team because he's not seen Salisu in the national team. So for me, as a stance, um, because he's not yet played for the Black Stars, um, I'll, 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 I'll stick with the two who are, who are already there. Well, guess who's on the phone lines? These days, I don't, I don't know if the Ashanti region is his new home, but joining us from Otu Forest Land is the rabbi. Oh! The Shale. rabbi. Rabbi, can you hear me? Oh, no. You as about you might go back in there. Where are you? Where are you? Charlie, I'm Kumasi to support a colleague who is getting married for oh. willing tomorrow. Uh, Miss Akosia uh, Safo, my colleague at work. She's getting mm. married. God willing tomorrow, so I'm here to support her. Oh, please, please give her, present the gift on our behalf. You know now. You know the gift. On, on coming, I have acquired 30 Ghana cities worth of Goro Michi, <laughs> 30 Ghana cities of Goro Tula, and I've done the concussion for her husband. So I'm just, oh, is he? Who will be marrying my colleague tomorrow, but I say, when I come, the Michi Goro and the Goro Tula will be in a transparent sack that everybody in the church will see that this is my presence to the couple. It will facilitate good coaching and everything will be going well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, let's let's get into um, the crux of the matter. So this week, Ketokweku, your good friend, um, announced his own don't call me list. You know, um, additions to the Black Star setup. Patrick Pfeiffer plays for Dumb stats in the Bundesliga. He's a center back, six foot five center back. Um, there's Stefan Ambrosius who plays for uh, HSV. He's also a center back as well. Ransford Yeboah also plays for HSV. He's a striker and a winger. And then you have Tariq Lamte, uh, our own Tariq Lamte. I know how much you've wanted him, uh, in the Black Stars fold for a while. There's Mohamed Salisu and then there's also Inaki Williams. Um, I don't know if you want to take it player by player, but when you first heard this announcement, were you happy? Were you indifferent? What was your reaction, first of all, to it? I was so happy. Oh, my goodness. For once, you know my stand on the Black Stars. I've always spoken about the fact that there has to be competition in our team. For a team to get to the next level, the next level, in my view, is the standard of the World Cup. Um, so what I've always been saying that, the team that we've used to qualify to the World Cup, in my view, is simply not good enough to go out there and compete. So if there is any so if there is any Ghanaian somewhere who is doing so well and is up to the standard required to go and compete, my prayers has always been that the people at the Ghana Football Association, whoever is in charge, 
talk to these boys. Get them to come and play for the Black Stars. Because I've always said that God will now be in Qatar. I don't want to go and come back that early. I'm going solely because of the Black Stars. And I want to see the Black Stars get beyond the quarterfinal stage that we uh, uh, achieved in South Africa 2010. That team was a super, super team. We were just one kick away from getting to the semifinals. So every time we go to the Mundial, the World Cup, we should give ourselves every chance, every opportunity to try and better what we did in South Africa. Because the South Africa tournament is the benchmark for the Black Stars. So when I heard the name of Inaki Williams in particular, I said, oh, yeah. It's more like it. You mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, no more, oh yeah, this is more like it. This is the sort of player I have been hoping for to lead our time because look, he, he's so versatile. He's good with his back to go. He's got pace. He's got power. He's got good control. He, he's the type of player that players can play off. You understand? So if he doesn't, his, the statistic doesn't speak well of somebody who scores 20 plus goals every season. But if you look at his all-round performance at Atletico Bilbao, he's always had players who are around him flourishing because of how good a player he is. And if you look at this black party, he also reminds everybody of that Samajan sort of attack because he's a target man that we can go long to. Because in the black star setup as we speak today, we don't have a target man. We don't have a striker who will win the ball in the air. We don't have a striker who will liberate us in this we are under serious incessant pressure from the opponent. We don't have a player oh, who look Coach, but we do have Benjamin Tete in the mix. Who? Benjamin Tete. Mother, I beg you, man. I beg you, man. I beg you, man. Don't go there. I beg you, man. Oh, Coach. But Benjamin is like six foot four. No more, more, more there. You see, we shouldn't go there. When I'm this happy and I'm this excited to talk about players who are up to the standard, don't be mentioning Benjamin Tepe. You know my son on the matter. Do you think, look, with the coming in of, 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 of Inaki Williams, hopefully, I'm very confident that uh, Inketeers uh, 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 will also be made available very soon. Not if these players are coming here first to see Benjamin Tepe at the World Cup. Do you with Afana Jain and Jordan Ayu and then uh, uh, Naki Williams uh, 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 in Ketia of Arsenal, he expected them to be at the World Cup. Oh, he can't be there because these guys are better than him and his standard fall below the standard required. So, no more can Benjamin Tete and Patashi. No more, let's talk about Naki Williams. Let's talk about Tariq Glamte. Oh, my goodness. On that right front, no I look at all the students at home. Ayaba, 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 Ayaba. Proper fitness, proper uh, 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 belief in your ability to take on the opposing fullback and get in those courses where Nati Williams and Cote. Did, did you say? Did you say Tariq Lamte will be Suhum Sahum on the on the no. right flank? Suhum Sahum, Ayaba, that boy is going to make our our right flank absolutely blistering. He's going to get the team moving in the attacking sense. Now it's up to the coach. Look, and the icing on, on the cake in my view is Talis. He brings proper balance. I don't know how Otoado is going to play. The glimpses of Otoado's and, and the likes of uh, 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 the technique they've shown to me 
that these are technical men who could vary their tactics depending on the opposition. And I think that if we've got a proper left-foot centre-back, a left-foot centre-back who is bossing it in no mean league, then the English premiership is a massive, massive plus to the team. It's up to the, uh, to the technical team to see whether we'll go back three or we're back four. That they will decide depending on the opposition. Yes. I believe that. I was listening to Cranston uh, earlier on when I was called and put on the line. He spoke very well about the partnership of the team. As it stands, nobody questions the partnership of Jiku and Daniel Amati. But wait until you see the partnership of Salisu with any of these guys. Maybe after that, we'll be looking at, okay, then we can play something good over here. Then let's try the three of them at the goal. With, I believe uh, 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 Amati should be the one in the middle, and then Jiku on the right, and then Salisu on the left. if we are to go a back three. And let's see how we will transcend from defense into midfield into attack. Can you imagine where we've got Tariq Lamte at the wing back, and then maybe Gideon Mensah at the left wing back, and these guys, and we've packed the midfield with solid, rugged ball playing midfielders who supply the ball to Naki Williams and go, ah, no more. What you mean? What you mean, Pato? What you mean, Pato? <laughs> bring in the Portuguese. Bring in the, hey. the Uruguay. Bring hey. in the Asamaba. We can song about it. We can We be very, very uh, 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 ready. We will be ready without. Come, come the World Cup. I'm happy. My only problem now is that because CAF has shifted the AFCON, maybe we may not get the chance to play competitive game leading to the World Cup. But I'm sure that there will be room for, for getting countries. The FA will have to set up. I'm very confident they'll get this proper international friendly games to test the battle readiness of our team before we storm Qatar. And look, the other players, all the others, I heard you mentioned a very tall centre-back. Yeah. I have not seen him play before. I have not actually watched him. But I'm now going to follow. We are all going to follow these boys. A team capable of going past every expectation is a team full of competitive players. In every position, there must be competition. While there is competition, you get a chance to play for the team. You know, the one sitting on the bench there is equally good, if not better. So if you don't take your opportunity, come on, sit down. The next person, join the train, and then on, on we go. Look, we need to try and replicate what we did in 2010, where mm. Milovan Rivers at the mm. time could look in the face of Suri Ali Muntari after winning the Champions League with Inter Milan and winning the Italian Scudetto with Inter Milan. That's the, he could look at Muntari and say, look, they decide ahead of you. But when Muntari was given the opportunity to his first game in the World Cup of 2010 against Uruguay. We all saw what he did. That is the competitive. That is what the Black Stars means to some of us. That is what the Black Stars stands for. Mm. And for me, we are on track. I can only uh, uh, congratulate Keku and his people for doing, and I know the, the amount of effort that has gone into this thing. He's been so tireless. So, uh, look, they've done extremely very, very well. You know me. When they do well, I will say. If they don't do well, so I will say.
get the team to believe in their way of playing football and get everybody on board. No player, no player, not even the captain of the team, should be given any uh, uh, preference over anybody. Mm. Come and compete. The likes of, look, in 2010, if could compete, if Asamad, whoever comes out of the tunnel that day, on the 24th of November, against Portugal, should be the one on form, should be the one ready, should be the one prepared by the coaches to start the game. And God willing, God willing, we'll be in Qatar to support our one and only Black Stars, my brother. Just just before we let you go, because we hear that nice things are waiting for you in Kumasi, but just before we let you go, um, Cristiano Ronaldo says that preseason is not something he wants to attend because he has personal issues. We here in Adabraka have interpreted it in our own manner. What do you make of Ronaldo's new stance? I mean, just snap thoughts on his stance and if he will leave the club possibly. What do you make of it before you go? Yeah, look, to be honest with you, it's a bit um, disappointing because Ronaldo knew Man United will not play in the Champions League. He knew the team is what it is and he granted those interviews I think somewhere at the end of the season, in May or in June, that I love this club, I'm going to stay, I'm going to be part of the plans of the coaches. And when an act even came, his first interview when he was asked about Ronaldo, he said, look, I will not talk about that man until I speak with him first. That tells you of the respect the manager gave to him. He's spoken to the manager. The manager has laid down his plans for him. All of a sudden, judgment that goes about, don't call me in the player to every team. That is exactly what is happening. That's exactly what is happening. So now, judgment that has come back to him and say, look, these people, I can get you a team in the Champions League. Like you rightly said, when I was watching earlier on on TV, that he's played 19 years as a Champions League player. Would he want to go? But some some other people said that, look, it is is to to put an icing on, on the cake. In terms of trophies, you won the Champions League, you won the, 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 the Euros with your country, the Nation League, you won. Let me add the Europa Cup to it. At age 37, 38 years, what is, what is there to prove? What is, what is there Messi, Messi is still playing in the Champions League. That is, that alone is a worry for him. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. He's older than Messi, I think, by two, two years. If Messi can, 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 can take good care of himself. He will play two years after Ronaldo has retired. Look at the stature of Messi. People of that stature is most likely last a bit long in the game, provided they can take good care of themselves. So he's, he's, this is not the time to compare yourself to Messi. The two gentlemen, we've never seen anything of the sort in world football in this modern era. The two of them clearly epitomizes what proper technique and professionalism and uh, is is all about in football. So if you are 38 years and you are saying thinking about Leo Messi, who is playing his football elsewhere, then then look, I look at you again. Come on, man, what is wrong? That is not to say that at 37, 38, you should not be ambitious. You should still have that ambition. But if you are a legend of Manchester United and this team is going through some form of transition, what a way to cement your legacy to be part of the transformation of the team. But for me, look, I have said it. This is Manchester United don't need this sort of attitude at this moment. If I'm the one in charge, if, I, if, if I'm Ten Hag in charge, in fact, there's another school of thought who says that. 
It may not survive the ten hours way of playing football at his age. So maybe that's a nice way of trying to move away earlier before he's exposed. Because look, Ten Hag's team is on record to have covered the most distance, to have played the most intense, high-pressing game than even the 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 the, the, the Jurgen Club and the Pep Guardiola team that we've all come to accustom ourselves with our pressing game. Ten Hag's team is Ajax team last season covered the most distance in Europe. In the world, to be very, very specific. So for me, look, if I am the decision, if I am part of the decision makers at United, he goes, I sell him quick, I put him on the market. Maybe, we don't need this from the most decorated player in the history of our team. We don't need that at this moment. So look, I hear he's flirting with Chelsea. Look, if I'm the one in charge and I'm happy, I understand that I have taken. He said he would not allow the Ronaldo issue to define the work that he's building at Manchester United. If he wants to go, you have a chat with him, whether he likes it. I can clearly say on authority that Ronaldo is, is rather now avoiding Ten Hag because he should come. I mean, he, yeah, you, 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 he's in the right. To speak his mind. He's in the right to face anybody in football. Be a man, show up at Carrington, go and tell them in their faces that look, I don't think I want to be here. So be yeah, it, then you go. But if you are playing family reason, family reason, and you are there and your, your, your agent is flirting with Chelsea and trying to present you to don't call me or, no, 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 he's been don't call me in Don't call me in Yeah, that's, that's what's going on. That's what even tell you that. Come on. Things are not the way it used to be. So, I, I wish he would stay. But like I'm saying, he's not bigger than United. And no United supporter should be pleased that he wants to leave. Well we want him to stay. We want him to stay. But look, there's the issue of the 25% pay cut. It is, look, this has been there since time in Memorial. Go in Manchester, where you play for United, if you fail to qualify for the Champions League, 25% pay cut for every player. That is the punishment they get. And that is United. Nobody pays more money than we do. So we who have to take the stand, uh, 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 ground that look. If you don't meet up to our standards, you pay the price. Who is going to give him 500,000 pounds a week currently in world football? No team in the world, absolutely no team, will pay him that money. Maybe he wants to go and play in the Champions League. So they should facilitate his movement and let him go. And we'll bless him. He's always welcome back to Old Trafford. He's a legend of the club. He's always welcome back. Well so said. That is my well said. The well said. Numo, Olebedo, Fiole, thank you very much for joining us. Demo Ramake, Tansi, and Ikeba, Ekafe, Gosu, and Numo. Ekafe, Gosu, and Numo. Gosu, and Numo. Christopher Nimli there. Let me let me get Ramon Osman's thoughts. So let me we, we've spoken about Patrick Firefar, Salisu. Let me let's talk about Edin Ketia and Callum Hudson Odoi. What do you know so far about Edin Ketia, for example? Let's let's start off with Edin Ketia. So there's 
he didn't appear in this list and a lot of people have started speculating that that obviously means that he has either not made a decision yet or he has decided that he will stick with what is more natural in his corner now which is england what, what have you picked up so far from that situation the opportunity to speak on sports panorama again it feels it feels so really surreal to be here no oh, charlie and, and and listening to coach go on with so much fire <laughs> even as a that thing has changed even as a false nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah but <laughs> On Eddie, it's it's a big opportunity that I know very well that his family is thinking about it, a chance to play at the World Cup. As things stand, he's not even in the thinking of Gareth Southgate. Um, and his career has stagnated, I should say. I mean, he scored more goals for England and under-21 than any other player, even more than Alan Scherer. So he's highly rated when it comes to the youth teams, under-17, under-20, under-21 came through the ranks of Arsenal. At the time, everybody thought he was going to go to Crystal Palace. He gets a really good move, and Mikel Arteta has been very supportive of him. And for the first time in his career, he scored double digits for Arsenal last season. Yeah. What that meant was that he's earned that, that contract and earned a very iconic jersey in number 14. Mm. Now... <laughs> I know Ghana is speaking to him. I know for sure, and I know I'm quite close to his dad, so I know very well that these these decisions are massive for them. They they projected that Eddie would be leading the Arsenal line by this age, mm. because he was captain of England under 21, and that team had the likes of Declan Rice, who are now established Mason Mount, with James, and all those guys. One hour regulars and Phil Foden and all those guys. And the only reason why they think he hasn't progressed so much is because they feel like he hasn't played enough game time. And that's why they wanted him to go to Palace. Then Arsenal offered more money in an iconic JC number. And then they jumped at that chance. And then Arsenal have gone on and signed Gabriel Jesus. So it comes back to me to say, well, he's going to earn more money. But he's not necessarily going to make a lot of game time in there. Yeah. So in the end, I feel like he will take the bone being thrown at him from Ghana to play. I feel this week because England have a lot of strike. It gives him some legitimacy if we do call him up. Yes, it does. And it connects him with his roots. It's a massive opportunity also for Ghana because then we have two players who play at Arsenal, Thomas and then him, Eddie, that's massive. Arsenal is one of the biggest clubs in the world. They are viewing their numbers, their commercial value. And to have two Ghanaians playing in there, it's it's such a really grand event. But I, 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 I'm just being very careful because he's proven he can score goals mm-hmm. in the Premier League. I don't know if he's got what it takes at this moment to score goals at the World Cup or play consistently. And this has always been my point about the way we caught these players. Because mm. on form, yeah. I think that he and Jordan will push each other okay. at this minute. Because Jordan is playing consistently at Palace. Yep. And Eddie is getting games every now and then. But if you bring in Eddie and you've courted him for five years, you're literally giving him the starting slot. And when coach was speaking, he made a fantastic point about the need for competition and building a team that pushes everyone. Mm-hmm. But in there also, there's that 
hint of culture that could disrupt the core of the team. Because Eddie's background is total English, born and bred in North, um, so North London, and he's lived his life in in ways that are structured in the English way. And if he has to lead our line, there are certain things he has to understand. And you can't hide from that. Most managers will tell you that it's okay to have good players and technical players who are good, but it's always better to have good people because when you have good people who are good players, even when they're not playing, they're contributing to the team. And our national team has proven down the years that when these foreign players come and they don't make the grade, it's a big problem. I can give you a classical example was when we went to the World Cup in 2014. Yeah. We had the issue of Fatal Dauda and Adam Larsen Karase. It was so hard because it affected the psychology of the team. Yeah. Then there was also the issue of Kevin Prince-Barton, who also we brought in. And in, even though he was massive for us at the World Cup in 2010, there were issues in 2014 that we could have all avoided. The same can be said of Inaki. So the way we go about these call-ups, on the face of it, on football in terms, there's no doubt that it's a massive plus for the FA president and his team. They just have to be very careful not to turn that courtship into a public wooing of a woman who then comes into the team <laughs> yeah, yeah just 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 comes into the team and expects yeah. to be given a jersey or an easy ride because mm. it that, stuff like that tend to break the bond and there are several teams that have gone to the world cup and they are not necessarily the best crop of players, but they are the best crop of team to win the World Cup. Oh, in 2010, when France went to the World Cup, they had the likes of Evra and Nelka. But confusion meant that they were booted out of the World Cup at the early stage. And the same France that won the World Cup just a few years ago, they tell you the core of that was not because Paul Pogba had a new hairstyle. It was because Pogba was playing with an Angola who would listen to him and, yeah. and that bond that they had Olivier Giroud who wasn't the most clinical of finisher, like it was like Benjamin Tete, but he suited and would listen, would listen <laughs> to what to go there. No, not necessarily, but I'm just making a point and that's what I'm saying that sometimes you don't need every player to be at A+. Plus. You need some to be an A plus. You need some to you be just a need B a good mix of So then they listen to you and they play mm. for the betterment of the team. And they're on the same wavelength with the food they eat, where they stay, how they speak, and the football language they have. Those are the things that define a quality team. Mm -hmm. So in as much as the quality of the pitch and the quality of the technique the players have to go into a tournament. In 2010, we had that. You speak to Stephen up here and we'll tell you. In 2006, when we went to the World Cup, we had a good quality or good group of players. But what made them outstanding was the values of the Ghanaian. They understood what it meant to be Ghanaian. We have a short period. We need to integrate all these players to understand what it means like to play for Ghana. That, if they have that, then we are making progress. Because you can have 11 of the best technically astute footballers on the page and they don't understand the core duty of what it means to be a black star player. Yeah. 
this is my genuine concern as we progress with this. And you would see them. It will go. I'm happy. I mean, Tariq, I know Tariq yeah. quite really well. He's got a really solid background. His discipline, his ambition, and what he wants to achieve for himself is in line with here. He would have loved to... And, I'm quite restricted to say certain things because they are based on conversations we've had. I know for sure that he grew up in England. His his instincts are English. His friends are English. His colleagues are English. But he he's put his career first, and that means he wants to have... He doesn't want to be called maybe once in England to have played one cup for England. He wants to have a solid international career that sees him compete in the national team in the AFCON and sees him compete at the World Cup. And I'm happy. He's coming in at a very young age. And that means you can get his best years because he's at Brighton. And what that means is that whenever, by the time he gets to the United or to the Chelsea's, when everybody's calling him, he's coming into our national team with his best years. The same can be said with Callum if he does make it. The same can be said with Eddie if he does make it. The same can be said of Inaki. Mm-hmm. These guys are all at the peak of their career. They're not coming to us when they are on their last leg or they're being, their career is almost yeah. there. So, the pecs are there, but we should be careful the message we send to them so that self-entitlement mm-hmm. is ironed out. Okay, so, so if I'm getting something, get something clear, you think that Edin Ketia will eventually make the jump? I, 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 how, how about Callum? You didn't touch too I much think, on Callum. I think, I you think, think Callum will make I it I think Callum will make it. And the thing with His eligibility, I think, is in November. Yes, and I, I genuinely think Callum wants to play to Ghana. He's made a lot of trips down here. And he's tested the waters. And Callum, again, is... Then he one, feels the love. He feels the love. But, again, he's one player. On recent, on current form, I, I'll take Kamal Dean ahead of him. Yeah. I, I've always said that the wings or the wing position is one of those places where we really don't have a deficiency. Yeah. And, and so it's always going to be competitive on that end. Mm-hmm. The other thing for Kamal Dean, though, is that Unlike at, at his club side, he's also not performed well when he's played for Ghana. That's the truth. He's, he's not left his mark on that position where we say mm-hmm. he's owned it and so the door is closed for everybody else. And so while he's very much the top prospect, maybe in that position, I still think he's very much up in the air. Let, let me just come back to you in a bit. Let me go to the message box and then I'll come back to Susu for his thoughts as well. So this one here says, Sports Panorama, my favorite show, Lipu Mama. Wishes VVD number one defender a happy birthday. As for us now, I can see Jesus is in control. I, I see where that's coming. I think he scored today scored in the twice. friendly um, against Nuremberg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's Lambert from Dodo. I says, good evening, Ben and team. I'm happy with all the players coming except Inaki Williams. I think he's an opportunist because he started feeling Ghanaian just when we qualified for the World Cup. All Inaki wants to do is play in the World Cup. I... Um, I wish we would monitor his attitude towards the Black Stars after our three matches at the World Cup. Hey, who says you are going to play three matches? This, this, is, a, this is a bit unfair because I've read profiles about him. Do he grew up in Spain? There's yeah. a very big Ghanaian part of his. I mean, how many black people are in Basque country? He definitely yeah, exactly. felt Ghanaian exactly. in a sense. Maybe not fully Ghanaian, but he had that Ghanaian roots in him. So I mm. think it's a bit unfair to mm. say that it's because of the World Cup. Let, let me read more. Um, this one says, Hi guys, this is your seasonal texter. In Kwan Chang Flowers from La. <laughs> is this is it me or everybody looks uh, or everybody looks like every player bu- bound for a transfer is linked to Chelsea? Um, today it's Memphis, tomorrow it's some Portuguese young prospect at Sporting. It's up to Todd Bowley and his team 
to make the good deals like that of Sterling and Akis. I'm not happy about this, Nathan Akis. We'll talk about this in a bit. Um, this one here says, Hi, Ben. I think Man United are behaving like the African politician, always finding something to defend a situation. I want him at Chelsea to score 20-plus goals. Something from uh, Comet Police Hospital. Um, this one, something coming from Police Hospital. Okay. Um, this one, Julius uh, Togbenu from Dodowa says that, uh, thank God, the Black Stars have signed uh, the IMF player. Who's the IMF player, Charlie? <laughs> Who is that? Um, Maxwell from Cathedral says, I also welcome... Uh, okay, I don't know what you're trying to say. It says, I'm already in my seat uh, at 7pm. I want to hear all your voices this evening. Um, this one here says, Imagine Chelsea playing a 4-3-3 having these players. You see, Werner, Ronaldo and Sterling. Pulisic, Havertz and Mount. Uh, Small six nil then go I'm, I'm, I'm not I, lying to you. That, I, that, I, I that has no score, steel. I had the same score line in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that midfield or that team has no steel. I think they will collect a lot of goals. This one here says, I salute you guys. Caesar, Sabala, Ginger. Says, I can't wait for the Premier League to start in order to witness my club, Man City, demolish other clubs. Black Stars will reach the semis. Of the World Cup in Qatar. Okay, let me read more. Um, this one here says that um, Salisu is a great addition to the team. Every centre-back we have currently has their own unique qualities. I agree. Hazel from Dansoman with that one. Uh, Emmanuel from New Jerusalem, number 8, says, Inaki is wasteful considering his conversion rates. That's my only worry. But he's an upgrade on all our forwards. Um, Raman, the Wolfman Osman, says, Super elated to hear you on the show. OG, OG, listen here. I haven't texted into the show in more than five years, but I had to text him when I heard your name. Favorite panelist before Danny K took over. Uh, shout out to you guys. Um, Nawid, uh, listening from Paris in France. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Imano Delano from Apenqua says, Salisu is good, but can't be an upgrade on our current center backs. Ben, any transfer news from Chelsea? Best sports show in GH. Thanks. Um, Nanedu from Domet says, the best sports interactive show on radio in GH. Big ups to you guys out there. Ni Adote Mufat says that our transfers are not about running helter-skelter like a headless chicken chasing every player on the market. The FA can bring all the other players that have the Black Stars as their plan B. At the end of the year, check who wins trophies. You will know your smoothness level. Um, says, whether Salisu is an upgrade on Jiku or not, none of them are stopping Cristiano Ronaldo. So we should take those who played the qualifiers to chop the money some Ghanaians are waiting for them. Joshua from Cove Town with that message. Rasponi from Nungwa says, Salisu is an upgrade on all our centre-backs. Um, Farouk Headliner from Lakeside says, I'm happy to know Todd Bully plans on keeping Tuko long-term and giving him ingredients and time to... Uh, he needs to build a team. No one wants to... Play, to build a team, no one wants to play against. As for Lakaka Die, we are waiting for him at the bridge next season. Lukaku is out there acting like he isn't on loan. I'm so surprised. <laughs> it's absolutely shocking to me. Dropping all kinds of subliminals. He's sitting like he just broke up with his girlfriend. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really surprised. Justin from, I believe that's Pennsylvania, USA, uh, says, for me, Salisu is never an upgrade on Amate and Jiku. It is no doubt he's a great defender and will definitely beef up the squad. Playing for the national team is quite a different ball game, so let's be cautiously optimistic about his inclusion. Galix Duane says, we need all players available and that will help the team. Kudos to Kurt. Please tell Raman at the wait for Dalston. I'm not sure what that is. 
Dawson is it's somewhere in northeast London. I think. Oh, yeah, Dawson. I okay, know. so he says he's waiting for you there. In oh, Dawson. I, I, I guess because I, I, I go there to I, shop I, I sometimes. I, I don't even know. I that. Okay. Yeah. This one here says, um, Salish is definitely an upgrade on all our centre backs. It's that pain of rejecting earlier call ups that that's making a lot of people now talk about him in a bad way. Welcome, Raman Oko in Medina. People miss you on the show, you know. I'm, I'm sure you, you you didn't think anybody remembered that you were on the show. I'm telling yeah. you, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's how much, that's how crazy it is. Um, Kwame from Santa Maria says, the only part of the team I understand why people are upset would be the defense. Every area, I don't want to hear him. We can't control the middle. We can't create. We can't score. Can't wait to see Inaki in action for us. And finally, uh, this one says, this is from Richard from Tesh. He says, please tell coach, his pressing... This pressing game thing, we said the same thing about Rangnick and we didn't see anything. We should pray the man is able to buy the right personnel for his system. Somebody too says, Ten Hag, if Ten Hag wants to coach Ajax again, he should just go back to the Eredivisie because that's what, <laughs> that's what it looks like he's trying to do. Let me get Susu's thoughts on all that's been going on. Just type all together for us. All the Bundesliga kids, Salisu, Lamte coming in. Put it all together I for think, us. I think, unfortunately, I'm going to pour sand in some Gary at this point. You know, we have to be a bit measured. I know we're excited for some of these players, but I also talk about some of the deficiencies and other things. Mm. So a lot of these players are playing in Bundesliga too. Yeah. And we've spoken about playing level in the leagues people are playing in and that kind of stuff. You know, we are beating Jojo Wallacott with the stick that he's playing in the third tier. Mm-hmm. We're on Lomote's case that he was playing in the French second tier. So... Is it fair that we're excited? Be what has changed all of a sudden? You know, is it fair for us to be excited that we're getting players from Bundesliga too? Granted, these players are also very young. There's a lot of growing for them to do. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to be excited about in that sense. But what's the guarantee they'll, they'll become good players in the future? You know, so we have to be... I want us to be a bit measured in this. And even on the top five players, the only one I can see that he feels a specific... Well, let me put it this way. I think I have to be consistent as well because I've said certain things and I have to stick by these principles. So I spoke about Dan Nunes' knee injuries. So I have to say the same about <laughs> Stefan Ambrosius. Mm. He's also turned his ACL twice. He didn't, he's not played since last April. So but Ambrosius, how old is he? He's about 22. And he's had two ACL injuries already? Exactly. And well, like I said, when I said the point about Dan Nunes that this is not a good sign, I have to say the same thing about Ambrosius. So he's not played since last April. Mm. We've decided we want him. He was pretty good when he was playing, granted, but this is something we have to also consider. And again, when I spoke about Gabriel Jesus, I mentioned XG and finishing. So I have to come back to um, Inaki Williams. I have I had a sheet here. Um, there's an Inaki Williams conversion rate. Could you just read it for me? I, I have the other XG <laughs> So, Inaki Williams of Athletic Club, 38 games, 8 goals, 5 assists, 7% conversion rate, XG of 14.2 um, fifth in the league. Yes, and so then the fifth highest XG in the league. Wow, and scored only eight goals. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and it then, was. He had a very bad finishing season. And, and yeah, and then he had ninety four shots, which was third in the league. Finished also with twenty eight dribbles. So it's not like he's not a player who's able to get into position and shoot and that kind of stuff. But the finishing gives something to be desired. And is, is it, didn't he also start off as a winger earlier in his? Yes, he does. Play, he can play on the wing. Mm. And going back to Naki Williams. I went on FB Ref to look at some stats and the closest he's come to matching his XG since, you know, they started collecting their stats is minus 0.1. Mm. So he's never even matched his XG or even been higher. So every season is like, so the deficit, XG, yeah. yeah, there's a deficit. So it says something about his finish and we should, but you see, the same thing I said about Jesus is the same thing I said about Inaki. 
he might not be able to finish, but his all-round play and the other things mean that the people who are here right now that we have, he's still better than them. Mm. So that's a positive. But if we're expecting him to come and be scoring goals... Become an Asamoah overnight. It, it is not... It's I, 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 I think for Ghana, the, the, the danger of every striker who comes in is that everybody you wants to, you, you to be baby jet. Yeah, you like, have to. That's the no, standard. But you see, if we are, if we are being... And, and that's one thing we don't talk about enough in Ghana. If we are being realistic... Asamoah is on God status when it comes to striking in this. And, and we also and have to remember, there's remember, literally nobody touching him at this you point. Remember before he reached that point, how we treated him when he was missing chances. Ghanaians are not. Jan literally with retired the game back yeah, multiple we're not, times. We're not, we're not patient with strikers at all. Yeah. And the truth is, finding strikers who are very efficient and have good all-round play and can also finish chances is very difficult. Let's not pretend. Even when we are come, I was come complain about Ronaldo this season. I complained about his all-round play for half the season before he started picking up in the second half of the season. And this is one of the greatest players of all time. And we are complaining about his all-round play. So it's not as easy as it is. It's easy to say, oh, he should do this, do that, and also finish. It's not easy. It's not easy. And the last one is on Salih. So I, we, we have to also be measured when we talk about high interceptions, high clearances, high tackles. That's usually when you're playing a bad team. Yeah. You have higher numbers. And one thing that stood out to me is when it came to errors... He led the league as well. So, and he has quite a number of yellow cards. I mean, individual errors. Individual errors and quite a number of yellow. I think that would, that would have been the the last part of the season, he where he was. He, I think he had a bad stretch to yeah, end the but season. He still had the highest in the league. Yeah, you know. And another thing is his yellow cards. He gets quite a few. So when yeah, and that's from being active. But you see, with experience, those things tend to go away because he's a very active defender. He's trying to get the ball. That's why the tackles and interceptions are high. But he also missed times quite a few. So the yellow cards are also high. So there's a few deficiencies to his game. But like I said, we also saw Amati play even worse for a lot of the season, which is why a lot of people are like, Osalisu is better than Amati. But there's also that experience factor. And again, like Daniel said, the partnership with him and Jiku. Mm-hmm. If I was playing football manager, I'd play Jiku and Salisu because football manager, they'll get a partnership in three games. Yeah. But if in real life, it does not take... But she doesn't work that way. And you go back to your club, you're playing different styles. Jiku is also now going to Hoffenheim. He too has an adjustment. Jiku's not going to Hoffenheim again. That oh, Hoffenheim really? deal has fallen through because his brother, who is his agent, decided to ask for more commission at the last minute. We'll come to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. But just, just to run... That's like, Raman, just, let me just quickly hear from you on that debate because you... Watch them personally. Amate Salisu. What do you make of that debate? Well, that's a really... It's a good question and very difficult to answer. Because I tend to not not really... I, I tend to love the eye... What do you, how do you say this in English? But you need the to... Eye test. Yeah, the eye test. You need to see them play. There was, there was a period, I think a month or two, where Salisu was really flying... And against Man City, he was so good interception. He wouldn't let Kevin De Bruyne have a sniff. And everybody thought he was going to be really, really up there. The potential is huge. There's no doubting. I mean, Tuckler is sending off and all that. When when Rooney started, he was a hothead and got sent off quite. And under the right manager, he became maybe the greatest English forward by Alan Shearer. So he's certainly one who I think will get a start when he comes in. Yeah. But Amate, again, it's a different player when he's playing for Leicester. I feel he's scared yeah. when he's yeah. playing for Leicester. And the thing is, I see that... You've been on the bench that long. You're always afraid that well, one mistake he, will take you back to got, the bench. I, I mean, I spoke to the press officers Leicester and they were surprised that he got the amount of games he got. I remember I was sitting in Stamford Bridge and 
normally when the press officer come, we come and have, and we were saying, oh, he said to me, oh, your man is playing well. And I was like, yeah. He said, yeah, we've had, we've had to use him more than we thought we would use him mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. They had a lot yeah, of injuries. Exactly. So that was not. They also sold Vestigard. I think they, they, I didn't expect what happened and they let Vestigard go. Exactly. So, so then they had to use Amato. No, I mean, sorry, they bought Vestigard and Vestigard didn't work out. So that's yeah. what actually Just happened. to even corroborate mm-hmm. this, right? I spoke with um, Yusuf Chipsa, who is Amato's agent, mm-hmm. and I asked him on when he was not getting his opportunities on whether it made sense for his client to move on. Yeah. And the agent said that, yes, I think my client should move on. If I'm him, I'm moving on. Yeah. But he said Amato didn't want to move on because he thought that he had a fighting chance in the Leicester squad, but it's paid off, and it's very interesting the points you make about the eye test and it's been yeah because now because Southampton are a very strange club, aren't they? One minute they are really difficult to break down, and the next minute they concede nine. That's the kind of club they are. Mm-hmm. There's no middle ground. They're either very good or very bad. So in in that, then if they concede nine, all of a sudden their goalkeeper is the worst in the league because in one game they ship nine. Yeah. That's the thing with numbers. Just one tilt and then the pendulum goes that way. But they are all certainly just on the... If one is better than the other, it's not... You don't think it's... It's, it's, it's not that significant goal. at this minute. Mm. It's not a significant... I, I, difference. I, I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah but the, the, the quality balance is honestly, very close. Amate has played so much for the Black Stars. His experiences, understanding of the team. If we just throw Salisu in there, even if Salisu is better, let's even assume he's better. Mm-hmm. Is there... Is he so much better that it will make up for the lack of chemistry? Exactly. Can we really that's, that's actually, that's a good that? And just to add on it, I think that, I don't know, the people who manage him, they've made his national football quite difficult than it should have been. Yeah. Mm. The you court, think now the expectations will the be more? The courtship dragged so long. Now people are waiting. Okay, what, what let's I see you what you want to do. We had to chase you exactly. for this Exactly. And again, if you play with psychology, it could be one, because there's so much expectation, then his game has to be really tough. So he comes in prepared. Or if he's a weak mm. type, as we saw when he first moved to England. Mm-hmm. And Ralph said it. He said, listen, when they signed him, I think from Follow the Lead, no? Yeah. Yeah. They kept yeah. him away for so long. Because he was wasn't ready. Yeah. We Ralph, even away. last, the season before the one jersey, and he played like, what, eight games, 12 games? Yeah. Yeah. He was he barely featured. And like this season, suddenly he's become like yeah. their lead centre-back. So. And, and, and the guys who cover Southampton tell me Ralph had to work a lot on him, mm. especially his... He's an emotional player, and there are players like that. They need a lot of preparation. They need yeah. you to get into their head. And when you can do that, then you can see the player. There's definitely a world beater in there, like the Van Dyke type who, who can organize, yeah. who's physical, who's big, who's, who's He can scary. pass as well. He can pass, yeah. and he's a left footer. And yeah. Remember, they are premium on that. So I'm happy he's in there. I just wish it didn't have to take years to get there. Yeah, that just heightens expectations for him. Um, let's, let's get into the transfer mix because a lot has been happening on that front. A don that was so. It's don't call me time. One place, one cheap. Don't call me, don't call me. We didn't loan this player a thousand dollars. Don't call me, don't call me. For this striker, we can consider. Don't call me, don't call me. No, they see you. He's Tina Boga. Don't call me, don't call me. So, ghosts are Sansa Torres. Now, one time, she goes a piece of ghosts. Now, one time, she goes a piece of And if you coach, you can't come at home. I don't that also. Don't come yo, don't come. Let's go. It's don't come time. Don't come yo, don't come. Hey. It's don't come time. 
is don't call me time. And that's the uh, don't call me bell there. Let, let's get into it. Let me start off from the camp of chat. Hold on, okay, I think you didn't hear that. Let me start from the camp of Chelsea. They are the ones who are worried about their team's inactivity on the transfer front. Charlie Todd Bowley was seen. He looked like he was wearing pajamas. <laughs> he had just woken out of bed and was having some plenty fouls in his hand. Somebody says Todd Bowley was on his way to blackmail Laporta with all the evidence he could find to release the young. There are, there are three players I want to talk about with Chelsea. First of all is the one I'm not happy about. I want Daniel to speak to that. Nathan Ake. Nathan Ake, who has been more friendly with the physios at Manchester City than with his teammates, all of a sudden is going for 40 million, I believe, again. And Chelsea, who once upon a time had like some of the most elite defenders, are now buying players I think are players Manchester City don't want anymore. <laughs> What's going on, Daniel? Look, ben, first, first, before I go on the Ake issue, look, I wonder why Chelsea haven't gotten a sporting director as, as quick as possible. Because Tottenham coming into this transfer window, we all knew Granovskaya was going to go. Um, Czech also followed out. This is somebody who doesn't have experience in the football world or soccer. Yeah. And you know that sporting directors clout ma- like it the clout of your oh. sporting director matters on if a player what? wants to yeah, sign. Are you talking about general <laughs> manager Tottenham? Charlie, he looked like he's just woken up from bed. Man, honestly, if you look at what Todd Bowley is doing, it's like he's just running after everybody who looks available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, and it's 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 starting. They now is by Rafinha. We want to intercept. He's, he's going. They it's say, a very, they say it's a very American way of interest. Seriously, it's, it's getting embarrassing now because you go for Rafinha. He says he doesn't want you. The latest one is the leaked. Who is told his uh, agent, uh, Rafaela, that's Pogba's agent also, to only talk to Bayern Munich. They should stop. <laughs> Chelsea and the coach should stop disturbing them. It's ah, getting really? Seriously. And you see, it's, it's becoming... Oh, so men, men men fa- the guy likes worrying us. He's always calling. Todd Bowley is always calling. And it's getting embarrassing. And for me, it's just a matter. If if things don't go well in this transfer window, I'll not be surprised if Todd leaves during the season. But he's not... Seriously, he's not getting top-class players to filling the gaps that they need. You look at Christiansen. They've had a lot of departures yeah, as well. Has, Rudiger has left. left. Christiansen is gone. Christiansen is gone. You can't depend on on uh, Thiago Silva for the whole season. You need somebody to come in. And this Ake thing looks like... these three centre-backs. Ake is like a... For me, I think he's like a sixth, seventh choice. And they are going to him because... Remember, he came from the Chelsea Academy. Yep. He's actually Wait, their player. Does this mean they are giving up on Jules Kounde? It looks like because it looks like the last time I heard Kunde was flirting with Barcelona. I heard That's Kunde too has said that he wants Barca. <laughs> exactly. What's going on with these players? See, There's so a team that readily can pay for you and can bring you but, in as soon but, as possible. But, but you know, is there, there's something about paying for Barca, Madrid, buying. There's some certain clout. The team that is trying to clear space to bring you in. No, no, but you see, they have that clout and Chelsea are getting there, but they are not there yet. No, no, so you see, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I feel like, look, we've seen top-class players come to Chelsea. We've seen Marina pick up a phone call and the deal is done. He's just not experienced in this world. And, no, seriously. And it looks like they are just tossing him left, right, centre. Today he's in Barcelona. We don't even know what he went to do in Barcelona. Raman, quick thoughts on that one. We heard that Chelsea were on the verge of hiring or they were looking to hire a sporting director and a CEO. What's, what's up with that? Is that something they are looking to conclude before the window? Or is that a slow progress type of thing for them? Well, it's funny. Daniel says Todd doesn't know what he's doing. Because I remember when when Chelsea got banned because of Roman's involvement in Ukraine, mm-hmm. 
the first game that Chelsea played was Chelsea Newcastle, and I was covering that game, and um, I ran into Amanda as she was going for the game, and Amanda is the owner of Newcastle, and Chelsea have this song they always sing to whoever. At that time, they were European ch- champions, so they sing, "We know who we are. We know we are champions of Europe. We know who we are." And then Newcastle, because Chelsea were banned, they couldn't sell, they couldn't sell tickets to away fans and stuff. And Newcastle have this history with Mike, Mike Ashley, who they never liked, who was their owner. And that time it was unclear who was going to be the owner of Chelsea. So Newcastle fans also, as Chelsea finished singing, we know who we are, champions of Europe. Newcastle then started singing that he's coming for you, he's coming for you. Oh, Mike Ashley, he's coming for you. Because <laughs> they had just gotten rid of Mike Ashley, which was banter. Then a few weeks after, Arsenal come to Stamford Bridge, and the first song, song they said they start singing and they say that this place is quiet. This place is quiet, just like the old days. There's nobody here, and that, only because Roman was gone. And they said that before Roman, there wasn't Chelsea, and Chelsea was very quiet and he couldn't get businesses done. With Todd, I mean, it's it was always going to be this way. Roman, the way Roman ran Chelsea, he ran it not as, as a business entity. He loved football. If if you believe in what the narrative says, he said that he didn't care about the losses. He kept his own money in. He bought players and paid them crazy money. He would offer monies that even Real Madrid couldn't mm-hmm. offer. This new owners, yeah. uh, American owners, they need to balance the books. And that's why Todd is leading from the front. It's a new dimension. So you need to bridge yourself for takeoff. They need to make sure that Every sterling is accounted for, and it's a this new. Is, this, this will be very new for Chelsea. It fans. isn't. It is. It's. It's going to be a really, really strange time. Things change. Maria's gone. Granovsky has gone. It's like it's almost everybody who was part of that twenty-year-old success has to go. And you can't blame them. If you put your money into something, you want to lay the foundation, and, and that's where Todd is coming in. It's a new area for him. He's not done it, so. He needs time to get it across. One thing is certain. I think Tuchel believes in in what they are doing. Mm. But the, the 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 scary thing, if you know about football, is that most teams are now already banking in two weeks of preseason, yep. and Chelsea are still chasing in first. They don't have two signings, and in. they've lost. Who was the most important player for them in? Antonio Rudiger, he was yep. a fighter, yep. he was yep. everything they needed. And they need somebody in his caliber. And I don't even think that the players they are following can slot into that shoes of who Rudiger was. Because <laughs> anytime Rudiger played, he yeah. was he was easily a reincarnation of Pepe. You remember the Portuguese? Massive. Massive. He, that's 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 yeah. how that's how and it was. Apparently his presence in the dressing room exactly. was even bigger. So yeah, you could tell even from the way he spoke to his teammates. Man, if you, listen, I've seen Rudy guy, yeah. yeah. This English left back, Chilwell, Chilwell yeah. misplaced a pass. And nearly piss on himself because of the way Rudiger looked at him. Because <laughs> you know the press box here is just behind where the players are, so we literally see everything. And sometimes I just look at his body. The moment he steps on the pitch, even his teammates are are like the whole thing. Like that's like that's a big, that's a big player gone. He's he's he was like like. 
Tuchel could get upset with Ziyech, could get upset with Mount, but I'd never seen Tuchel get upset with Rudiger. And they did everything humanly possible mm. to keep him, but it was not to be done. So it will be interesting, and, and for Chelsea fans mm-hmm. listening, most of the first few years will be very difficult under this new ownership. That's for sure, because... Something that oh, that is a brace yourself type that's, of message for yeah, you. It's, there, there will be turbulency. There will be. So, yeah. Daniel, talk to me about Raheem Sterling. Let me go to Susu Graham for a couple more transfers. Raheem Sterling to Chelsea. It's, it looks to me like a good deal. Um, Forty-five million. They look like it, it looks like by the end of this weekend that deal will be will be done and dusted. Um, what, what do you make of that? Good good deal Look, for you? I, I, I love that deal because that's an, that's an area of the pitch that Chelsea actually needs strengthening. Um, Ziyech didn't work out. We've seen uh, the likes of Pulisic and Werner who are very inconsistent out wide. So they need somebody who's coming in with pedigree. And say what you like about Raheem Sterling. But look, he's been one of the top performers in the Premier League in the last five years. I think he's top, top three or top four goal scorers under, under Pep. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if, you combine, if you combine goals and assists, I think after Salah, he comes next wow. in the Premier League. Or he'll be in the top three there. But I think he's, people he's been knock that Raheem Sterling because he's been around for a long time. Yes. People think he's and old see, and with it. What, what, what freaks me, yeah, what actually freaks me about Sterling's numbers is that he's pulling up all these big numbers despite having a very poor conversion rate. Yeah. So he's, he's missing a lot of chances, chances, but he's still having a lot of goals and assists to his name. And it just shows you what could have been if he was just... That's like, more, even at his worst, even, he's, this, yeah, he's, he's, he's on good. a certain level. So look, Chelsea actually needs that sort 27? of... He's 27? Look, he's, he's, he's Basically young. Basically entering quick. his prime now. Look, he's young. He's quick. He can do everything. He knows the league. And I think he'll slot straight into this Chelsea team. And I'm honestly looking forward to his partnership um, with, with um, Kai Havertz. With Kai Havertz. Oh, that's what, that's You're what, not looking forward to his partnership with Ronaldo? Wait, yeah, I mean, let me put it out here. Where Ronaldo goes, I go. <laughs> you are, you are Liverpool shameless. sign Ronaldo today. If, if, ah, oh, don't, don't. I'm telling you the truth. I will, I will personally prevent you from doing that. <laughs> no, I became no, no, a Manchester no, no, no. United let me, fan. Let me go to Cristiano. Let me put it on so record. I'll follow on this him show. everywhere. If today Ronaldo goes to the Chinese league, I'm going to buy whichever subscriber shows Chinese league. But, and I'm but not Liverpool. As for Liverpool, I'll personally oh, gatekeep Liverpool. I, I, Liverpool. I won't let you Man City, Chelsea. I'm come, ah, If Ronaldo comes to Chelsea, a quick blue. I'm buying a jersey. You are shameless. <laughs> Completely shameless. Cool. So, Raheem Sterling, you don't commit that move. Um, I just want to say some yeah. things more. You know, uh, I'm not saying that he's better than this player I'm about to mention. Okay. But if you look at their numbers from about 2017, 2016, and you yeah. compare their goals and assists, in less games, I believe Sterling has more goals and assists than Sadio Mane. And look at how we talk about Sadio Mane. No, no, I, you no, can go on the Premier no, League all size. facts, numbers don't lie. You can go on the Premier League side. There's a player comparison tool and do it. I think from 2016 or 2017. So maybe the last five years, so 2017. Mm-hmm. And compared, in about less games, he has more goals and assists combined. So he's, he plays at a very high level, but yeah. there's this perception of him because of... Some Sometimes of when you play in a team misses. like Manchester City, and it, it happens. He, and the chances he misses. Yeah. There's this perception that he's wasteful, he's no good, but he's very productive. And Did honestly, you see his miss against Burnley? The worst I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, one, the one I remember is a Manchester derby. The one that man you came back yeah. and won 3-2, I believe. Huh. Where the first half, City were all over them. And Stanley had about three or four good chances mm-hmm. in a way he could have buried the game. And he sports them and they lost the game. That's one of the things that stick in my mind. Like he has those misses. And that's yeah. what warps people's perceptions. Because it's about moments. Your consistency scoring. Because he's, yeah. he shoots for And even in the Champions League when they were losing to Leon. Chelsea. When they were, when they were losing to Real Madrid, mm-hmm. he missed some big chances. 
Yeah, big he chances. Miss, no, he misses chances. But even if you look at it on the balance, he's not that bad a finisher on balance yeah. when you look at the numbers. But those things stick in their mind. Let, but Raman is a Man City fan. <laughs> I, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> don't think uh, I have forgotten. Let me just let me just stay on the beat with you on Chelsea and their supposed interception of De Jong because they Romano has been tweeting a bit about this. He says that. Todboli is ready to go all in and Todboli is in Barcelona as we speak. It looks like United have been dragging their feet on De Jong because of what the contract looks like, the monies they have to pay, compensation, whatnot. You think De Jong can possibly or Chelsea can close this out and take him to, to the bridge? Oh, I mean, they do have the financial resources to do it, no doubt. But I'm just wondering what he's coming to do in their midfield, you know, because the way I look at the midfield the way he plays, he can't replace Jorginho. It means he's going to replace Kovacic. Or maybe they are going to maybe switch their midfield up to three in the midfield. Whatever the case is. Yeah. Considering the system we've seen them use mostly, the 3-4-3. Three, three. Let's call it a 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. That kind of system. I don't see a place for him. Maybe they want to use him as a centre-back, which I think he can do to a certain extent, but you don't want to rely on him there for the whole season. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what it is. And that goes back to what um, Daniel was saying about Todd Bowley's kind of scattergun approach. He sees a player as kind of available. It's almost like he wants to get him. And I don't... Because if you look at Chelsea, what you need right now are centre-backs and forwards. Yeah. The midfield is the last thing you need to do because you play two midfielders most of the time. And you have Jorginho and Kovacic. You have N'Golo Kante. Then you can put Loftus cheek once in a while, you know, for those games. For vibes. Yeah. So yeah. you have three solid. You really need to buy a whole defense. That's yes, the you honest have truth. Three solid midfielders for two positions. Mm-hmm. If anything, maybe buy one more to come in as a backup. But you don't go and spend eighty or sixty million you know, for a player who you are not clear you about. Might not even start. So it just mm. ma- it just doesn't make. And I've said it before in terms of transfers. Go where there's a hole. Right now, there's a big hole in your defense with Rudiger going, which is why the delete transfer made a lot of sense on paper. Uh, delete say he doesn't want delete say he doesn't want to go. Find someone else. Maybe Nathan delete Adler. himself. He's not played any proper football since he went to Juventus. <laughs> Let us think. We've been watching him. He's he's really been crap <laughs> since he went to Juventus. Mister Humble, Mister Humble, Mister Daniel, let's talk about Alexander Jiku before we go because that oh. that was a shocker for me. Six million was heading to Hoffenheim. It looked like he had done his medical. Yeah, that, yeah. He was literally done. His brother, who is his agent, apparently asked for a raise in commission at the dead. And then Hoffenheim said, you know what? We don't we do not do business like this. So we are not doing anything. End of the transfer. Um, Just walk us through this. It reminds me of um, last season. The similar thing that happened to uh, Abdul Fattah Isahaku, where he was on his way to uh, buy Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. And then, funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Leverkusen officials overheard a conversation um, his agent was having yep. whilst he was doing a live um, and his agent was sort of like so um, going around and speaking him to, to clubs other, yes, pitching yeah. him to other clubs and then they said no, they are cancelling the deal it's very interesting but um, when you look at what has happened personally I think it's a blessing in disguise honestly mm, um, yeah. talk to me about that um, look, Strasbourg finished 6th in the, in the French League last yeah. season um, I think we'll go in the Conference League yeah, they'll be playing in yeah, Europe. They'll be playing in Europe next season, which is a plus. I feel he's at a very critical stage in his in his career and he can get a bigger club to move to, especially after the World Cup. Mm. I think he should wait and it is good. He should wait. The fact is, Stradberg are willing to sell. Why? Because he has a year left on his contract. So I feel it's a blessing, guys. What you do, just see out this season. Go to the World Cup. You do well at the World Cup. By January, 
If you can sign for free, or you, you can start talking to him. And, and the way he is, he will definitely you, get suited. You definitely get suited. And you see, he was going for six million pounds. In January, if somebody brings three million, two million, Strasbourg will surely sell. If they don't, you can wait to the summer and properly sit down and uh, negotiate with clubs who are winning. Get a bigger you, pay you, Yes, you by all means get a, a, a club that is. Um, you know, there's a part of me that I was actually thinking that his brother might have done this on purpose. Maybe they didn't want to go to Hoffenheim, and maybe. Um, Strasbourg had accepted a fee and they, they couldn't do anything about it, so we we'll scupper the deal ourselves maybe, and then. Yeah, maybe he had second thoughts. I don't, I don't know if Hoffenheim is the level of club. They're falling off. Yeah, I, I remember, think, like I said, I remember when they came into the Bundesliga. They bought, they spent more money than everybody else in the league put together. They're the only team in Germany with a billionaire owner because he is a fan, ah. but, he's a, but he's the kind of the. Kasim Nuhu Adams is still at Hoffenheim these days. He's buried <laughs> deep on the bench. <laughs> Let me take Raman's final thoughts for go. Raman, what, what transfer are you intrigued by? What potential deal are you have? Are you keeping your eyes on? You think will probably happen this summer? Which one? Which one? Which one intrigues I, you the I most? I think the transfer I really have have loved so far though is Eves, Eves Bisuma to to Tottenham. Mm. That's a big one. I've seen Eves play. I think he's going to be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Give him two years, he will be there. Um. Ghanaian players these days it's hard to even see a Ghanaian player making big moves but uh, yeah uh, OG, OG needs have um, inquired Mohamed Kudus yeah, yeah. that's the thing with Kudus also he's special when he plays for the national team he hasn't really taken it to that level in Ajax but yeah he's uh, one that we're tipping for 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 big 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 moves and the one that also excites me was Sadio and yeah Sadio to um Bayern Munich it's 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 such a big deal and big move and I know that in England it was underplayed that it wasn't really a very big but it's <laughs> without knowing what is still to come that those moves have been very exciting to see so far hmm. can, I, can I say something quick? quick one quick one it's we've all we've been here for what, an hour and 30 minutes yeah. yeah have you noticed that when I'm giving my submissions mm. I say Sterling I say money. Yeah. I say Salah. When Susu is talking, he refers to the, the, the footballers by their last names. When you are international, <laughs> and you're on first name basis, oh, you'll be calling them Sadio. Callum. Sadio. Sadio. Mo. Sadio. International. Okay, so you. So you literally call them on. You call, them, you call him Mo as well. Mo Salah. Yeah, Mo. Mo. It's a Thomas. Oh, he has their numbers in his phone. You can call International. Them you mean you mean how, how how do you call Son? Yes, yeah, Son. Because I know I know you and him are pretty. Yeah, Sonny. Cool. Sonny. Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Oh, you do My everything. Name all enter. Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. Any shout outs? Any last minute shout outs oh, before you go? Give a shout out to our very own Knee Prime. Oh, Latte Lad. You mean Knee Prime? Knee Prime. It's yes. his birthday today. I call him FLT, Flight hard, Lieutenant. Hard guy. Hard guy. It's Daniel. his birthday today. It's his birthday today. We know how he does his things. Well, let me know if you are. Oh, Charlie. Shout out to the guy who oh, couldn't Charlie. make it on the show today. <laughs> Tayuru Fento. Oh, Charlie. I know what you are going to do. I know what you are going to do. Well, let me know if you are. Oh, Charlie. Charlie. Big ups to everybody who listens to Sports Panorama. Uh, thank you to Raman Osman for dropping by. Hopefully he can come by next week as well before he disappears. Thank you, Susu Graham. Thank you, Daniel Kranting. Uh, thank you guys out there for your text messages. Also, um, show probably brought to us by Bell Beverages. Charlie, Bell Couple. That'll be the new I'm one. I'm about to take you home and chill it. Mm. Tomorrow afternoon, my kinky. No, the couple is doing well. The yeah. couple is... Tomorrow afternoon is kinky. Mm. Yes, <laughs> is kinky. No, you don't have a couple and what? 
what? It's what? Baobaben. Moringa. Oh, Charlie. So Charlie. he's going against the king. Mm, Quick. Thank you very much. And that's it from us here. My name is Benjamin Inketia. So brought to us by Access Bank and Bell Beverages. It's been great hanging out with you all. We heard from Coach Nimbly all the way on the phone lines. Rita Mensa, Bernard Esaosei, and Edwin Kwakofi helping out with social media enhancing the background. Thank you guys out there. Same time next week, we'll be back with Sports Panorama. There's a rerun of the show right after the news. That should be nice as well. Do enjoy. Yeah, so the rerun is tomorrow after the news at 12. Tomorrow after the news at 12. Enjoy the rest of your evening and be safe. City 97.5.